everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. You're very welcome along. Season 8. Oh my god, season 8, episode 1 of LOI Central. And uh, Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald, we're live from Collar and Cuff today. Uh, we don't have a studio audience except from Decky and our producer Dell, But you can feel there's a bit of a magic in the air. Um, and we are in association uh, this year. As the previous years, we're delighted with our sponsors, Future Ticketing, um, with us for another season, and Rascals and Inchicore as well, the brewery in Inchicore with us for another season. And yes, Dan, probably am calling the, the title as over before a ball is kicked, because that is uh, a lot of the mailbag. What's the crack with you? We're, we're back. Eight, season eight. We are back. This on, is great. We're on, we're on location. Yeah. That's what you had to say. We're on location. To be clear, I know you said we're, we're both wearing blazers. To be clear, we are, we are wearing the produce. Uh, you said we're, like, we're live. To be clear... It's Saturday evening we're recording this because the nature of League of Ireland off-season now, between now and the show going out, around five or six players you've never heard of are going to sign for clubs. So if we don't if we don't deal with them today... <laughs> what uh, happened on the way Pats over? Pats have signed one when we're on the way here. So <laughs> Turkey. just in case you're listening to this maybe on Monday or Tuesday, we're not ignoring your the, the player that you've been Googling that's just <laughs> signed for your club. We just haven't got a chance to react to it. So no, we are here. The new season is upon us. Uh, we are looking at um, suits. We were looking at suits, but there's a Sam Curtis jersey here as He's well. He's gone. Um, sort of, yeah. He was on the mind actually on Tala on Friday night. Mm. You know, with the sort of the space that Trevor Clark was sort of meandering into. It's oh like, well, yeah, it, uh, it makes you right back. It's like Pats don't have Pats haven't solved the problem. People yet. talk about the the players that clubs sign, but they kind of you know it's the players that you know clubs lose mm. that can often uh, can often yeah. hurt them. But uh, we are looking. I mean, this is going to be a good season. I know. You, I think it's one of those things, right? Do you ever listen to like sports shows or even like no. the, the sports bulletins in the morning or whatever? I think I might have mentioned this before. It's always a busy day of sport. It's always, mm. probably the start of every season we're like, ah, yeah, looking forward to the year. It's going to be great, you know. But actually this year there is probably, to me, uh, a real genuine sense of that. Like it's not forced. It's not sort of we need to say we're looking forward to the year because of the nature of the show and the audience. It's like, no, I can't wait for this. I actually think it's it's... And I mean, and I'm not sort of going too happy clappy here. Like a lot of the problems that exist with the league haven't changed and remain. But I think there is something about the energy around the league at the moment that uh, I really missed it over the winter. Like that, the off season really is too long, and it's just even from even from a work point of view, it's more rewarding now because there's actually maybe more interest in the stuff that you do. You know, How do you the, mean interest? Like as in just reaction, like traction, like yeah. people are interested in like you know, transfer stories or who's going where. And, and, you know, it's not just, I can think back in a period of time where you could have, you know, three, four players leave a club and go to another club, but it's that barely causes a ripple, really. And and now, I don't know. And, and like, I know some clubs, you know, fans of some clubs aren't as enthusiastic about the new season as others. I mean, there's definitely, there's been a Bose angst team running through uh, a portion of the, the winter that probably was a bit of a hangover from last season as well. Mm. But um, I think the fact that, and no disrespect, but the UCD aren't in the Premier Division, it means that at Premier Division level, I don't know who's going to be bottom. You know, I don't know who's it's going to be second bottom. It's impossible to call. It's impossible and, to and, call. And I think actually as well, mm. and it's, I mean, not to, I know we like a good early prediction, and we have a couple of comments about it in the mailbag, but I actually just don't know. I, 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 I need, you need to see these teams and, you know, in proper games. Like I, The one thing I still, I mean, I still... I don't like the friendly stuff over the winter. It's like every day, it's like someone's playing a closed doors game in the AUL and the trialist stuff. And you know, there's a lot of you know intrigue of who's playing for who. And 
I guess the next level towards a form of professionalism is that it's a little bit more open. Like you had the Leinster Senior Cup idea, which wasn't a bad one, but then clubs wanted to play under 20s in it. A, I know it's good for them, but secondly, because people didn't, they didn't want people to see who was playing with them and training with them and trialing with them in pre-season. And I get it. I, I mean, if, if a manager sat with it, I could understand completely why they're doing that. But that is the one thing as well. There was a few, I, I've gone about this before, there was a few clubs that did press conferences sort of over the winter, um, probably still not enough just to actually, you know, you have a good, lot of interest in the league and sometimes it just shuts off then for a couple of months and it makes no sense to shut off completely. You need to get yourself in the news and to be talked about. And I said some clubs did do that, you know, the Derry around the Pat Hoobin deal and the Rory Keating deal and you know, there was a little bit of a buzz around some of the bigger transfers, but maybe not, uh, maybe not enough. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Are you, Johnny? This is yeah. Really well, it's it's Where's it's, you, it's, it's like last way? season. Dan has just spoken at length there, and I've just had to wait and listen and and hear your voice over and over and over again, yeah. which is good because you are the premier voice of football <laughs> in this country. You haven't I, lost I, your I, complex I, over I, winter anyway. I, well, I was thinking there, Patrick Hoobin at Oriel, like even that little thing. You did it. You did his. You did, we, you did his tribute night. Didn't I did you? a tribute night, and that was a great night because um, I, I you I, did corporate work. I, I apologize now, but there were there could have been four or five charities. So I'm not going to name them all, but like. You know, the people who came from various clubs, but like there was a lot of tension in the air that night. And because Stephen O'Donnell came on giving him passion plea, that's one aspect to the season. They've signed, Derry have signed, they've raided Dundalk, um, which is quite interesting. But like we're here, uh, we'll hear just actually on the show today, we're going to hear from Patrick McElhenney and we're going to hear from John Russell as well. And um, we're going to hear from Decky from Collar and Cuff a little bit at the end, a little bit about old League of Ireland. Drop in some anecdotes. Yeah. Um, he's always, he's always uh, threatened to tell these anecdotes. He, and like, you know, here's a word from our sponsors. And I mean, that's just a bit. Yeah. You know, here's a word, word for our sponsors. Here's a story. Now, what's, what's better is, uh, here's an anecdote from our yeah. sponsors. This is what, How this, I brought down three League of Ireland clubs. This is this is what we want to hear. This is what we, we need a little bit more, and this yeah. is what we're trying to make it more interactive. There is, you know? there is a market for those old League of Ireland tales, definitely. Um, but like you say, going out are back. The first games against Pat. Pat fans are already like worried about getting an away ticket for a game in Galway, and it's like. I, I don't know, you were watching the game last night, you were at the game, uh, the President's Cup final, I was watching it on LOI uh, TV, and just what, nearly 8,000 people at a pre-season yeah. game? It's a bit mad, and I'm very, very excited, Dan. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you, I can't call the bottom of the table, and we're going to have, every week the fixture list is going to be very, very good. It's going to be very, very good. I'm really excited, um, and I think the pressure is on, like Derry City, I was looking at their website. Derry City have thirteen midfielders listed on their squad list on the website. Thirteen midfielders, right? So they have they have a squad depth there. They have to challenge this season. It's as simple as that. Thirteen midfielders. Yeah, I'll let me count it again. They listed thirty midfielders, and also the pressure will obviously be on Pats as well. To mount I feel like I, I should go on a long speech here while you look up. I want to hear all thirteen of those midfielders. It better not be eleven, though, because I know it's. Well, I'm just hoping. We I'm just hoping none of them have left. Um, this was on. Okay, so Kieran Harkin, Michael Duffy. Yeah. Will Patching, Patrick McElhenney, Paul McMullen. Yeah, he's a Scottish winger. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's Ben Doherty, Sadio Diallo, Jordan McAniff, ben Daniel Doherty. Kelly. Ben Doherty, is he, is he a left back? Really? He's, he's listed on a midfielder, right? Daniel Kelly, Adam O'Reilly, Tyrone McGinty, Callum McKay, Luke O'Donnell. 13 midfielders, right? Because I was checking some of the websites. There's a couple of young lads at the end, the, though, as well. The Galway United website isn't they're actually... Rovers you're and like, Pat's listed all the players. They could have 60 midfielders. Um, you know, there the we go. Level. But they, they have... And then you're looking at the, the smiling face of Colin Wheel, and you're like, you need to get fit this season. But like Patrick Hoopman, because he's that type of character, the magnetic attitude that he has... 
in Derry, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, Dan. I think the thing about Derry, though, and I know we talk about the league is advanced to the point where you don't necessarily have the whole three lads end the season at one club and and all like you know, the shells, bow stuff back in the day. Mm. I know a version of it might happen, and maybe even a first division level or still a little bit. Um, who was it? Was it that long along for both announced the same player <laughs> signing for them in the space of uh, an hour or something uh, this year? So there's still that, still that going on. I mean, I think Athlone were just everyone was so surprised that Athlone had signed someone who you know wasn't. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't sort of uh, from from some American uh, institute of, of some kind, but the Derry Dundalk one. It is a bit like people talk about the four in a row Rovers team of the eighties, and then how so many of them, you know, sort of migrated towards Derry. And uh, you look at the the list of squads. I mean, I think of Dundalk around twenty twenty. And around that time, and I mean, Derry could feel like a front six this year, depending on their system, how they play in a game, of you know Duffy, um, Patching, Daniel Kelly, Domigan, uh, anchored Mac- by Connolly, Mac- McElhenney, Huben. I know, <laughs> know Connolly is not well. He wasn't Connolly was only done dog for six months, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, he's, he's excellent dog. Patching was in it, but actually, mm. you could look at cup final teams or or league winning teams or European teams. You know that that team that really pushed Vitesse Arnhem really close you know McElhenney scoring that goal over in Holland like they were brilliant uh, that night you know Patching got the goal in Estonia and they're all in Derry colours it was really unusual what manager's under the most pressure yeah that is a mailbag question but we may as well deal with it now um, okay what ma- let's let's flip that what manager isn't under pressure what manager could afford to drop points in the first couple of games or you know to go in a bad run with our standards Stephen Bradley wouldn't be John Caulfield under pressure. Under... Damien Duff wouldn't be under yeah. pressure with a with a start John Caulfield wouldn't be under pressure you know with a with a ropey start um Kevin Doherty shouldn't be should have enough Kevin in Doherty, the back. So Kevin Doherty wouldn't be you know yeah. he definitely wouldn't be either okay uh, I don't think John Daly really would be either I, I don't think so to be fair um particularly because spoken about they've had they have you have to accept that they've had you know they lost five of their starting team for the cup final so that's not going to be not going to be easy for them but what about the other half then i mean that's that's basically half um Stephen o'donnell i think we're in the shadows of daily mount park here we're not going to lie well, I, i'm, 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 coming, feel, ra- I'm yeah. coming around to it so you know Stephen o'donnell yeah just i think the dogs is a pressure and there's a bit of an edge there last year new owner now we had an owner transfer over the winter already called the place a pigsty yeah yeah it was honesty the best <laughs> policy with that um but i mean O'Donnell, I think, would be under pressure with the nature of the job and the pressure of the club. John Russell, we're going to hear from him. It's like Rowers, it's obvious that he'll be under pressure with a bad start. Um, we've got Keith Long of Waterford. Although he got them up, I mean, they weren't necessarily happy with life, um, you know, when they were struggling in the league. And I, I don't know what to make of the whole Waterford ownership situation mm. and picture there. I, I, I'd imagine, you know, if they were struggling after 9-10 games, it would be bad for him. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Declan Devine and Bowes will be one definitely where, um, yeah, I think there's definitely the way the, the way the cup final ended. It was always going to be the case that, I suppose, I suppose whoever lost the cup final, though Pats you know, had Europe in the bag anyway, but I think just given how many points they got in the first sort of quarter of last season. So you look at their results since then. Um, the, the signing stuff lost over the Lost Afalabi. The signing stuff over... Well, I mean, they, they lost Afalabi. They sold them willingly, mm. you know, mm. as well. Um, he was under contract. Um, but, yeah, just the the, the, the the vibes wouldn't be great, you'd have to say as well. Um, so I think it, it probably is clear. I mean, you look at the... 
the, the place where someone could 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 come under pressure quickly enough. And both play Sligo in the first game, there's interest. There. So it's like there's already, and I'm not exaggerating, there's already pressure on the manager who loses to an extent. It's like, well, that wasn't a great start, and you're yeah. slightly on the back foot. Yeah. Um, of course, the biggest sign in the offseason, you remember Lucy, Derek's daughter at our live show, signed for Bohemian. So our connection to the League of Ireland is just growing and growing and growing now. Yeah. I mean, that's just. Uh, yeah. She at least one of us is as one of one of us involved in the show has a League of Ireland aspiration. Is it time for the mailbag? The collar and cuff mailbag. The collar and cuff mailbag. But before the collar and cuff. Before the collar and cuff mailbag, let's have an anecdote <laughs> from our sponsors. Just one now. Let's let's go back in time <laughs> to you know a budding suit salesman of the future <laughs> is uh, trying to make his way in the game with Monaghan United. But Monaghan United, this is more reflective of. What, you know, the old League of Ireland days and the regional club and the Dublin players. But anyway, let's let's let Declan Martin tell that story. Jesus Monaghan was a an eclectic bunch. You would have had Anto Murphy, um, who went on and won. He won the League of Pats, did he? Yeah, he would have won. Yeah, um, he was the best player in the dressing room on that team by far. Uh, Shane Jackson, Stuart Holt, uh, your buddy Ben Savage. Ben Savage, a big fan of the show and Savage of you. Savage cycler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, who else would you have had? Um, Monaghan can't really rack Vlad. Remember big Vlad, the Romanian goalkeeper? Vlad, oh, Vladimir. He was a good, good. Couldn't speak a word of English, but he was. Where he, did you train then? Do you know um, so well, remember Nick Declan McBenna was on the show. He's like he got very energized by Monaghan's kind of Dublin-based continuance. Just yeah, it wasn't the best setup. So we we would have trained um in a couple of places. Um. Over at Roads, not the Roadstone, Roadstone Rugby Club, mm. um, just off the Nice Road there, I think. Uh, we were training there under the floodlights in the evenings. A rugby club? In a rugby club, on a rugby pitch, mm. yeah. Um, and it was a proper rugby pitch, like six-inch studs going into it at the weekend, and then we rock up on a Monday, and it's it was rough. Um, we trained in the local park in Clondalkin. Um, it's funny, actually, we'd my first ever training session there, we... We parked in the communal car park. There was a, there's a swimming pool in that there. Right. Used the dressing rooms and walked like through two or three Gaelic pitches to get to the soccer pitch that was way down the back. And I'm kind of thinking, where's where's Mick Cook and um, Jim Kelly was was the coach at the time? Where's the lads? Like all the players were walking together, but there was no sign of any of the management. But we get there. And Mick Cook and Jim Kelly walk out. <laughs> Mick Cook's house is about <laughs> 30 yards from where we were training. And Mick, this uh, is a bit convenient for you. Yeah, it was literally in, a, <laughs> literally in his back garden. Um, and then it was the same after training. It was like, right, lads, great session. See us all I'm going Tuesday. I'm the tea. The kettle, all, the kettle all in the background. <laughs> we all have to walk acres down through like Gaelic pitches and rugby pitches to get to the swimming pool changing rooms. And Cookie just walks off and over a little fence and into his garden and, and he was done but yeah, it was different like when you look at how the league is ran and operated now it was, it's light years away like. we did actually <laughs> before we got distracted by our anecdote Murray Higgins was the manager we forgot in our list and oh God, believe you forgot me <laughs> I mean that that is one that could I, I would put him probably closer to O'Donnell in that there's local media pressure and 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 probably fan pressure with that in Derry or the Dogs, so, yeah, both, both, yeah, yeah, yeah. The scrutiny on Proper the job football towns. rather than necessarily, I would have thought been on really thin ice, say with their 
owners or people who are sort of might potentially make those decisions. Uh, whereas I feel with some of the others, you, you would look at relationships and wonder, are these relationships going to hold up if they start badly? You know, Paul Hegarty, a big sign as well. Paul Hegarty in as, as, as number two, yeah. Mm. So um, that will increase the volume, you would say. On the, on the it's time for the all-new Silk Hand Stitch Collar and Cuff Mailbag. Let's dive into those stylish electric telegrams while we're still young. Some, someone slagging my uh, take on the mailbag in the mailbag. Um, well, here we go. Yeah. The mailbag, anyway. As we were, uh, Similar to last year, there is a voucher, 50-year voucher for Collar and Cuff for the best question, best comment in the mailbag. I actually haven't decided what it is. So we're going to have to actually decide as we go along here. Decky can, can call it. We will let Decky so, call it. We'll he's he's part of the audience. Whatever one you enjoyed the most. Johnny, James Matten. This will work for some people. It's visual. Does Johnny realise that by wearing a hat cap indoors, he won't feel the benefit of it when he goes outside? Is that James who worked for... I, I have no idea. Declan McCormick. I know Declan. Seeing as he wears a flat cap for the racing pod, what item of football-related clothing is Johnny going to wear to the weekly pod recordings? What well, item of football? Declan, I can be clear that you're wearing this flat cap everywhere. It's uh, everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of a racing look. And I, I, my hair is such a mess now, I don't even know what to... Is to that, it's, is that what it's all about? Oh, yeah. It's just getting old and, like, fucking losing my hair. And, like, what what I just shave it? Or one of these... My hair is a joke, like. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, because you you are wearing that in the, in a warm radio studio all the time. It is quite. It's yeah, sort of becoming, you're becoming not all the time. It's a bit like one of those like you know cartoon characters in the <laughs> or something that they they're permanently wear a hat no matter like mm. what situation they may be in. This reminds me of what was that? Um, yeah, that C- Simpsons sketch where it's like um, and uh, George Bush becomes a neighbor of uh, Homer and he's at a press conference and they've played a crank. Where he's where he has like this kind of stuff on his head, and he says at the press conference, "Are there any more questions?" And everyone puts you know the hand up, bearing in mind I've already answered about the hat, and everyone puts their <laughs> hand up. <laughs> so, uh, any other questions? That uh, um, Katsy Casey was in touch. Katsy, yeah, uh, long time listener, first time texter. <laughs> we all know that's not true. What What's Johnny's <laughs> favorite brand of hummus? Favorite brand of hummus. You've had a good winter of five star dining. This is dining. ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is a, this is that's a, not a legitimate I threw, question. I threw it out. I threw <laughs> it out. Brand of you're, just, you're just buying time to answer here. We um, threw it out to our listeners. Plain, plain. I, I don't even plain. know the answer to that. <laughs> Love my hummus. You prefer, on, keep, keep going. Cut prefer, that's, that's a joke. For best of the Beatles. Is Pe- my favorite Pe- album. <laughs> best <laughs> of <laughs> Accidental Partridge Early. Okay, let's oh, go. Okay. Anyway, title race related gags. Yes. Several of them. Jessica Fletcher fan account. Always good to hear from. Uh, and amongst others, after Rover's B team beat Pats, is Johnny calling the title race? I think you might call it already in the first minute of the show, did you? Uh, I, I'm struggling to see beyond Shamrock Rovers, but obviously I don't call the title race anymore. It's <laughs> a hot take. Because <laughs> uh, like Kevin Mullen that was in touch with saying, the podcast has become synonymous with Johnny calling the title winner early. Can Dan go for a unique angle, angle by being the early bottom of the league caller? Who do you fancy for it? The whole point is, Kevin, that I'm not going to do that. I like to, I like to sort of hide behind Johnny's hot takes and just sort of sit on the fence and actually not really give a definitive an opinion at all about this stuff. I have no idea he'll finish bottom. As I said earlier, I need to see some of these teams mm. and some of these players. I think what is interesting, interesting about that, like all the teams at the bottom are probably putting a bit of pressure on each other like to bring in like really, you know, decent like signings like Waterford went for Parry Gammon, who actually could have gone to Sligo Rovers last year. I think Sligo Rovers pulled out of that one. Um but like then Ed McGinty ends up in Sligo Rovers and linked with know, other clubs. Drada, like you know, got Piero and and they've gone for some other players. Like you could say, everyone in in some respect has got some kind of half decent big signing in. Um, Loneys, it's very you know Sligo Rovers have done a bit of long, and we will hear from John Russell in due course. 
it's just very hard to be definitive about how these guys go. I think there was stats last year. I must get these stats again. I was talking to someone about it recently, but the number of minutes and games played by these lone players actually isn't that high at all. Like mm. Some of them come in and make a big impact, mm. and some of them are just completely flop and like you don't see them some I remember like Ray and Tullock started very well at the dock last year you know I was gone by the summer I saw he was released recently you know from from West Brom after an uninspiring loan but then like the dock brought in Archie Davis last year and he was superb banger of a player and look at him from Aldershot you're yeah. thinking yeah. It's maybe not you know and, and there are other ones of that nature so it's just very hard to be like to be definitive and look at someone's squad oh they've signed well they've signed badly you know, like we've had a lot of comments of what's the best signing and we probably can talk about that in the context of maybe the players that we know. But some of the unknown You've ones. already reservations about Pat's goalkeeper from Liverpool on the base of last night. Well, I mean, you do. I thought a couple of the goals he was very, very poor. I'd be, I, I think John Daly um, made the point Joseph Anang had a nightmare. He did, but that was, that was a really bad night. No, it's, and it's, again, this is a snap I, judgment, yeah, but I was like... Never make snap judgment. No, 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 but absolutely, but like he's had a bad night and he's definitely, um, some of the Pats fans would be like, I, I, it's, it, there are a couple of like, the, I'm not sure the goalkeeping standard in the League of Ireland is, is as high as it's been before. I think that's one, I don't think we've a lot of outstanding goalkeepers Keepers. Um, really looking forward to seeing Brendan Clark back in the in the Premier Division, which I think was overdue. But he does have a little bit to prove to Pats fans and things after that. Uh, having said that, I do remember Anang had a poor night uh, yeah. in the Presidents Cup. I, I, but I mean, just to like, like midfielder, he should be very good. Midfielder Ramal Palmer mm. uh, has joined us on loan. This is some Pats. We got this on the way over from Turkish side. Mm. Goes Tep or goes Tep? Ten years in the Man City Academy. Joined Barnsley in 2017, made 70 appearances in the championship. Mad stuff. This is mad but stuff. The, the, the player and dog sign, yeah. Scott High, has made appearances in the championship mm. for um, Huddersfield. I know the odd person who's been one appearance or two appearances, but still, has been multiple. This is seven. One of the biggest leagues in the world, the championship. So, like, like. you know, and it, and it just goes to show how so many players can fall between the cracks as well. In, in football, like Decky. Well, there we go. <laughs> but, but, like, you know, how, how it can happen that. Um, you can be on a trajectory and then it can fall quickly. Yep. And the one big thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks and is relevant in the context that a player drain got out of the league is the confirmation that the TV money is going to go up at League 1 and League 2 level. It's multiplying. Even though English football is a basket case, there's more and more money you know, into that world. Yep. Uh, and it's going to make it so much harder f- to keep hold of players. Um, Fleetwood and but, Lincoln today have like 11 ex-League of Ireland players but playing. we're going to get you're going to get lads coming the other way um, but obviously mm. what we need more of is maybe not the like we're in danger of losing a lot of the outstanding not in danger we will, we will yeah. lose the, the our best 18, 19 year olds what you need is maybe the second best crop of 18, 19 year olds not to get too disillusioned by not being the top ones and staying in the game and, and, and improving, you know, and being better at 19, 20, like a James Clark or someone who's really improved. Mm. Need more, you need more of those stories or otherwise like the standard of the league will be affected or there's just going to be more of these players coming in looking for a break and we'll get some good ones, but you'll get some duds as well. And it's just a Sligo Rovers boss, John Russell, we'll talk about later. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, we'll f- we'll fly on with this. Who is a more reliable goal scorer for challenging teams? Luke McNulty, Keating, or H- or Hoob? And Owen Walsh, will Keating be a success at Pats? Pats have some lot of players who had a very good year last year. Like Hoob over the longer term is a better bet than Keating, but maybe Keating is trending in the right way in his career at this time. I, I have to admit, I was very surprised at how well Rory Keating did in the Premier Division. I didn't think he'd take off like he did in a team that was struggling as well last season. Um, and I think he'll do well at Pats. I think he'll get 12 goals plus and he'll set up a lot of goals, whether it'll be enough to put him in a title race. Brandon Cavanagh's going to be a big sign, I think. Yeah, no, but it's just about probably getting 
Bannons, they, they, they played with a back three last night for the last 20 minutes, played with a back four initially. Mm. Um, even Mark Doyle was a big player for them last year, his goals in off the wing. And Mulroney, it can, you know, it can be hot and cold maybe at times, you know. Um, it's just about, yeah, just seeing where some of these characters slot in around Keating, you know, and mm-hmm. will they play up with two up top at times with Keane Cavan and Mason Amelia maybe at times. So um, they're, they're going to be uh, good to watch, Pats, I think. You know, there's a lot of storylines there to watch, but it could take them a few weeks. Gary Clark makes the point, despite all signings, are Pats now weaker without Linus and Curtis. Uh, another comment here, how big will the points gap be between Chams, I'm guessing this is a Sligo Rovers fan, and second, uh, Mick O'Mara, what, what's your biggest impact signing in the league? Um, yeah, biggest impact signing. Biggest impact signing. Mm. I suppose, like, you, 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 I saw a bit of Piero last year for Atlone, and you think he could be one of those. There's like We talked about the, the lack of goals. Is he one of your top scorers? I haven't looked at it yeah, this year. I don't be, know. He's got to be. I don't need uh, to know. Yeah. I, I actually don't know what, what that would be. But yeah. again, you look at it, Moylan has left. Afalabi has left. So, like, Huben got around 14, 15 goals last year. Uh, you know, Forrester. Like, any, if any strikers can score 12, 13 goals, they're going to be one of the top players in the league. And they're probably going to be the difference with their team in a couple of positions. You know, so... Um, could Paragama make a big impact for Waterford? I don't know. Like, he's, <laughs> Looking he's, at his Wikipedia he's, page here, his photo is playing for Shamrock like, Rovers in 2008. It's like yeah. 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, 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 we have a lot of comments like that, and maybe we should just pick a name and, and predict them. McAniff's um, a big signing, I, I think. I, um, I want to see what the Bose Estonians are like, because mm. I remember the Flora Talon game. Martin Miller, just maybe because his name stood out in that game. It's not Estonian sounding name. Mm. And he was good. I actually watched back some of the highlights in that and he scored a couple of goals. But again, you just don't know. Like Vastok had a great profile coming to Sligo Rovers last year and it was a disaster. That, no, but did, actually, that didn't go to Mayweather. So you just mm. you just don't know how they're gonna adjust. Jared McMahon, Shell's going under the radar. I mean, I think Will Jarvis would be a great sign in for Shells. But it's not he was there alone mm. last year, but that's one that could be a difference maker for a team, I think. Um, good recruitment will they be the best of the rest without Rovers shells I'd still be surprised if they could finish ahead of Pats and Derry but mm, yeah I'm not I'm, consolidate yeah I'm I'm I think we'll have um Shamrock was winning the league a massive massive battle for for Europe and teams kind of there not been much between sort of Fourth and eighth for pretty much the whole season, I actually yeah. think. Yeah, well, fourth and eighth or fourth and tenth. I mean, this is mm. the thing. Uh, okay, a few more. Andy Burton was in touch. Release clauses, good, bad, or the devil in disguise. Andy Burton, of course. Yeah. Representing Nathan <laughs> Shepherd in a story. <laughs> I mean, this league. This league it, of interesting to see John Daly's comments on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, good, good to hear from you, Andy. <laughs> Odd to hear from you, Andy, um, in this context. Um, yeah, the release clause and stuff. Tommy, uh, I was going to say Tommy Fleetwood, he's the golfer, obviously. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't be going for 60 grand. He's turning that around 100 million from Liv, I'd say. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's one of those. I mean, this is our preview show. We can't deal with every topic. I feel like we're going to end up discussing the multi club and the impact of that at a later date, I would think. Um, but we have a lot of Bose comments. You know, Rory, what's going on at Bose? Yes, finished fifth, but no investment made in team. Money is there. I mean, they haven't had some investment. Some of these players brought a new keeper, but it's hard to know. Fergal, will the dog be in trouble when their loans expire mid-season? I guess, you know, I guess you just have to be prepared to not rely on these loan players. Mm. Um, you know, not have your keeper or some of these players being vulnerable to go mid-season. But, yeah, it is true. I mean, it is true. 
Um, it's a possible, you know, it's possible. Come here, can the live pod not be on Monday next year? Uh, Rory Gilson, I don't know, Rory. I think Monday the cup final, Tuesday the cup final week. Rory's Good been a long be fan of the show. Galway. How long will it be before Johnny mentions Galway United? Definitely reckon he'll do it in the intro. I checked, it was actually six minutes, uh, JMG, so you weren't too bad. Yeah. Are we, you feeling, you're going to you get the more games this year. We, oh, 100%, that's great. Like, And we, when we were in Rascals last week, I was thinking of um, you know fans coming to Rascals for a beer before going to a Pats game and all that, but like Galway, the, the amount of fans that are going to come to Galway haven't been as... There was another, I, I might bring this one in on the live comment, the last Galway United game that was live on so we had a league com- game. We had a comment further down from uh, Brian O'Hara. Can Johnny name the last Galway league game in terrestrial telly? I, I was presuming it was when they lost to Dundalk um, at the end of the season in which they got relegated. It was like a mad 4-2 game. Ronan Murray got a screamer. I presume that's it. Oh, yeah. Because they wouldn't have been shown in I the... Were, I do recall it. It was, it was 4-2 first or 4-3. Division. Yeah, and that yeah. was kind of, that was, a, that was a mad game. But the, God damn, it's literally the, it's the way, it's the way fix that everyone wants like uh, Galway to go back to Galway so um, Terryland is going to be rocking this year rocking I'm, I'm not really sure how the club is how the team is going to get on the signings w- would be hard to kind of weigh up um, but will be difficult to play against yeah. difficult to play against and I think as much as Galway United will have a unique enough style of play um, I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be like you look at Dundalk and even Bowes last season they didn't find it easy to play against yeah, no. And so how do you think they'll fare? That was actually the follow-up question. I think someone. I I I think they'll be in a battle to a battle to stay up to be honest. Um I I think that's fair enough. It's their first season back. Um and I I don't know if pound for pound player wise that you could say that I mean they're going to be pushing for Europe. That'll be tough. Um, funny enough, a John Caulfield team that has a lot of momentum can really kick kick off, but signings wise I'm not sure. Like, I think, I think it'll be a battle to stay up. I think that's fair enough. And and, and they might they might win that battle comfortably enough as well. Yeah. So we had a lot of Cork City comments. Um, you know, related to why are they trying to push their fan base away from them. a lot of it related to uh, uh, the Three Amigos pod being banned from accreditation. I think I've dealt with this last mm. year in the show. Mm. I'm not going to go. I think it's self defeating to, to fight those battles. Yeah. There is no need for it. Um, to get a bit of unity, you might have your reasons, but. It, yeah, it's just mm. a, when you go down, Tim Clancy's gone there. There's a chance for a bit of a fresh start vibe, and, and what happened last year happened last year. Draw the line under it seems a bit unnecessary. Uh, Adam Murph, are there talks of the League Cup returning? Uh, that was asked last week. The answer is pretty much no. I think in the foreseeable future, Andy Cycles, are you joining Treads? Twitter is dead. Haven't got round to it yet. Probably will. I mean, it is linked to Instagram, so it'll be easier for you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I only heard of this last week actually. So yeah. um, Twitter is kind of on the more threads in here, of course, yeah. to be clear than uh, uh, than elsewhere. Uh, um, a few comments about it. is there an LAY TV app yet? Find the website Clunky to use. But that is a fair point. I guess it has to be on the list. Mm. I'm sure we'll have Mark Scanlon on at some stage this year. People from the league. I think that's a fair point. I think like this, you know, the the, the technical stuff has taken off for them. Um, but it is something. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to stream on your phone and you have a you know, on the Safari or whatever you're using, and it's not it's not straightforward. You're going to close it and, and look at something else, yep. and go back to it. So um, I, I assume that's along the road. I mean, it, it was mentioned the Virgin Media deal has obviously expanded, which is great. Um, There's been a slow uptake on season tickets on the LOI TV, apparently. Right, so there um, you go. No, I think they were all, that's that's fair enough. Sometimes well. people buy a flurry them before. I only first, bought it last night. Their first game or the first away game. So, mm. but I mean that that's possible. But. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that they have to get to that. The broadcast deal is up at the end of the year. The ideal world is that more people, but they they are going to experiment with some Thursday games and mm. Monday games. So that that's a good sign. Um, Jim Pohl, as most games are sold out now, what is the measure of growth for this year? Considered as growth in some ways, I think is just even retaining. I think the attendances will probably naturally go up at Premier level because of Tala UCD going down. So you can you can already see that statistic will happen, and you have to be realistic about it. Um, but growth is, to me, just confirmation that some venues are going to be improved. Um, and yeah, a few other comments, uh, Oriel Express, from early impressions of background noise, how likely do you reckon the coordinated calendar and pyramid will be pushed through? Mark Adams presenting on that today. That is not a topic to deal with in one minute, but we will definitely talk about that mm. uh, again. But that is our mailbag. We'll get back with a little, you know, a little intermission here to tell us who actually wins the voucher. But I was at the launch last week talking to some people. We'll run two interviews sort of pretty quickly back to back here. Um, the first one was with John Russell of Sligo Rovers to talk about, I guess, the pressure that he faced coming into pre-season. Season for you. It's the, it's the manic time of the year for managers. I think sometimes you don't realise that it calms down when the season starts in relative terms to what, November, December must be a very full-on time, is it, January? Yeah, it's a, it's a busy time. Um, to be honest, I enjoy pre-season because um, you get to do all your work on the pitch with the players. You know, it's exciting when you bring in new players to the group. And it's I'm trying to get their ideas and messages across. And I suppose, you know, the pressure of the of the league campaign. Um, but it's, it's, it's come around the corner now and the excitement is building. Um, but I'm, I'm happy where we are with the group we've assembled. And we're going to have a tighter squad this year. But we'll just dictate that. Um, but I think we've we signed well, and just about gelling the, the team together. And it was like every team, every manager telling you, you want to get off to a good start and, and build that momentum, and we'll be no different. Yeah, like you signed a couple of players who I suppose know the league, the J.R. Wilson type characters, and then you, you've had to play the market like a lot of people and bring in these low knees and these figures. Um, I don't know, what's your take on the sort of the profile of your squad? Are you happy with it in that respect? Yeah, no, I am very happy. I think last year. You know, we we didn't um, finish in the in the spot that we we would have envisaged and, and wanted. But look, you, you either win or you learn, and, and there was a lot of earnings for us. Um, you know, there was things last year where we were very happy with, and then you know I had to adjust things in terms of our staff. You know, with a lot of injuries, I wouldn't say it'd be ten out. Um, you know, sending Max and sending uh, Luke. You know, anyone who's a top going to keeper, you're going to struggle, but. In, on reflection, I think as a staff, we did quite well to to settle settle things down and get ourselves safe by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so the learnings for me now this year is, you know, bringing in players and identify them early of a younger profile that have legs and energy because this league, it's, it's that pedophile and then you see Pat get the cup final with all these young players and um, you, you need that and I suppose I've, I've changed it around and I have a, an idea and a like how I want the team to play and. I want to be an attacking um, team and, and that's the way I like to see the game played. So you need those players to do it. Um, but I think we've got a good balance this year and yeah, we'll, we'll see how the, the first uh, couple of games go. I, I was quite struck like, by your openness. I think you were on the, the Bit of Red Supporters Trust podcast at the end of, towards the end of last season and you were probably quite open about the fact that you knew you were under pressure, like you were conscious of that. I mean, it, it does seem like you... I mean, people obviously will would come out and say, oh, I'm not listening to the noise, and I'm not listening, but you, you almost couldn't avoid it, I guess, that you knew you were under pressure at yeah. that point. Yeah, I did, because the results weren't good, and, you know, if you're a manager, it doesn't matter what, 
league or level you're at, if you're not winning, you're going to be under pressure from the support base, the, the boards or committees. Um, I, I knew getting into this game as a, as a manager, there's going to be tough moments, tough periods, and, and that's where you, you learn about yourself, you learn about the staff, players, everything. Um, it's how you handle yourself. It's easy when you're winning, and sometimes you can win and think you've got a crack, but you can be winning despite your methods. So you probably learn more in the, in the tough moments, and I feel I'm a better manager now for it. Um, you know, it takes time to build a squad. I look at other young managers in the league. You, you look at Stephen Bradley, who's had a new success. Two years into his spring and Shamrock Walters, they were holding up banners saying enough's enough and Bradley out and look what he's done. So, oh, I've got a big belief in myself. I think got very good um, skills and, you know, I've learned a hell of a lot last year. I think um, this season is exciting and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're up against it. It's like, of course, we are, we'll have one of the smallest budgets compared to other clubs. Um, but that's the thing we can compete and it'll probably be the toughest league in, in years because of Waterford and, and Galway coming up but I'm looking forward to the challenge and, and so was the staff and, and the players we've assembled because I, I then I heard David Rowe from the club also speaking and that was quite a, an open interview he gave as well where he was quite open about it seemed like there was proper discussions at the end of the season and there was discussions about recruitment and, and it seemed like you all came together and had a bit of a talk about I don't know and a lot of words in his mouth but sort of avoiding some of the mistakes of, of last year. Yeah, you, you, you learn every season that goes by and Sligo's always had a history of bringing players from outside the league because of where we're, we're based and the, the finance dictated. You're always looking for value and the pool of players in the league is so small um, and you have to take gambles every now and again yeah. and, and some pay off and some don't and yeah, some of the players we brought in last year didn't work but you have to remember as well, up until the, the 1st of May, we were fourth in the league. We were looking good, we showed some good signs, and then when all the injuries mounted up, we 10 out at one stage, and then you, you sell Max and you sell the keeper, and things started to unravel. And it's, it's very hard then when you're on that side to, to kind of regain it back when comments as low. But I feel like the recruitment that we've done this year, you know, we've got players who've played the league and, and, and know it and, and are probably more hardened to that. Um, and it is intense. and. It's, you know, you can be a good player and come into the league, and you can be caught up a little bit in the headlights. Um, but for us, it's our model is bringing players from outside, and, and we've done that. Um, we've utilised the loan market. I've got four loans in this year. I think with five is the is a maximum amount. So we'll uh, we look to to potentially bring in one more as well. I mean, you look at like Sligo Rovers won the league with Jason McGuinness, with Mark Quigley, you know, cup success with Owen Doyle. With the strength of the league in Dublin now, with the full-time clubs. It's very, very hard to, to, to ever get players like that back to the region again. I know you can you can find someone like JR and people who are at a point where they need it, but that is the thing. Like even for other regional clubs now who might have got the Dublin market before, it's not going to happen really for them, is it? Like it's, it's difficult. It is, yeah. No, you're, you're spot on. I think the, the money is is increased. I think back then, when I, when I was at Sligo in 2010, 2011, we were winning cups, and then I went to Pats for two years. But during that period, the wages had dropped in the league. And then the regional clubs were able to take a steal on, yeah. the, on the misfortune of Dublin mismanagements. You know, they were all financially struggling, so those players were able to come to Sligo and it probably all clicked at the time for Sligo and they were able to get in a league title. So those days are gone, um, but I still think you can compete, but it's just changing the expectations. Sometimes people think, oh, Sligo, they're full time and they should be up challenging for your many league titles. Um, but the reality is, it's getting harder and harder. Um, and people are, are having those debates now about, you know, 
is the final model. Is it is it viable? Is it sustainable? But it's what Sligo was built on. It's the DNA, and and you know we 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 love it down there. But I feel like we need to utilise that and use it as a as a tool to, to fuel us this season. That we are a bit of an underdog, and some of the bears that we've recruited, you know. I've spoken at length about what the club means or for them coming down that it means it's it's more than a club and you probably have that connection to the support base where you're going for your coffees or you're going getting your haircut and these people serving you they're paying our wages uh, where sometimes these other clubs in Canada League and further afield there's no connection that it's really lost um, so it's bringing it back to the, to the roots and, and it's got to mean something when you're when you're going out playing matches and every point matters whether you're winning or you're losing a game that you grind out a, a result you get a draw and you move on so we're hoping that we can instill that in the group this year. Just as finally, I mean, you look at the, the, it's a general question at this time, like what are your expectations for the season ahead? But I mean, it's it's wide open. Like it really does look like it could be one of the most competitive leagues ever because with all due respect, they don't have the ECD there, which early on last season, it became apparent they were going to struggle. But equally, you could be talking about challenging for Europe or you could be talking about dogfighting at the other end. It does seem, that open potentially? Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, all the teams look strong. Um, yeah, I know a lot of the, the, the pundits and, and people online and stuff are probably putting us down at 10th and 9th from, from the early signs. Um, because people look at last year and then on into this season and you look at Waterford and Bobby coming up, I feel it's going to be unbelievably competitive. There's always a surprise team every season. Um, but I think you know, there won't be many points. Um, between a lot of the matches or a lot of the teams, I think it'll go all the way to the last round of the games and, and there'll be a lot of teams in the mix. I think the season where there was 12 teams in the league and three went down, it was yeah. a crazy year. I think this year will be similar. Um, you know, even last year, until the very end of the season, there was three or four in the mix for Europe. So I think it'll be three or four in the mix for the, for the, the spots and same for Europe. I think outside top two and three, it's wide open. Good stuff. One thing about that interview that struck me, Dan, he was like, um, sometimes a big squad can be um, a negative in some respects. Where now he knows, you know, and he his recruitment has been hit and miss. He's, he's acknowledged that. Um, but if you've a tighter squad and the budgetary constraints to be made, in the, like in terms of in terms of budget, Sligo Rovers this season would be like I'm speculating here. They'd be ahead of probably paying more than Drogheda, right? But after that. I'd say Sligo's budget is well down there, um. So the yeah. So the the expectation. I always find Sligo Rovers. Waterford paid a few transfer fees mm. over the winter, and I know like I know there's obviously compensation as well, and and like it's, it's sort of what's a fee, what's compensation. But Waterford have sort of apparently. I, I, I did a piece with Luke Comer a few I don't know a few months ago now where he said that he was putting in the guts of a million to go United, right. That's an astronomical amount of money. He's, I think he said eight hundred grand, but it'll be more in the Premier Division or whatever. Astronomical amount of money. So Sliger Rovers. I always find Sliger Rovers fans their expectations are very high, probably because they've they've done really well. But I think you've got to be realistic this season. Sliger Rovers' ambition is to stay up. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I mean, looking through some of their signs, Connor Malley was at the dock last mm. year, um, was rated, but didn't really happen from there. Um, Charlie Oliver Denham, who actually I had a story that Shamrock Rovers looking at him last year. Defender is a Cardiff, but I think he was previously maybe on the books at Man U. Good news on the goalkeeper front sure. for them. Though, like, City, that is know. a big one. Um, Alice Chapman scored a few goals in pre season, I think, but it's 
yeah, it is sort of hard to know. I like um, the way you spoke about that as well. When you when you're a player there and you have your coffee or you have your haircut, or whatever, these are literally the people paying your wages. That is Sligo. It's a small town. Everyone everyone knows the football club. It's it's very un- It's maybe a bit like Dundalk and Derry, but it's quite unique in in how close knit the whole thing is. Yeah, and on that, I think that's the perfect uh, pivot to go to towards, Fats. Go towards Derry to Fats to Patrick McElhenney, where. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that they're facing a bit of pressure this year. Before you go to him, your favourite goal in Europe, uh, if you had to pick between that and Robbie Benson in Warsaw? Oh, that's a, man, that is a good question. I mean, the McElhenney one was more the one you sort of, you were laughing at, the, whereas the Benson was the enormity of it. That's actually really tough. Mm. What would you, what's your answer? I was, at the, I was in Warsaw and it was, it was actually one of my favourite sporting moments in my as been I, I was at at a game where it's like this happened and the silence remember how remember how noisy that place was and this kind of silence that like took yeah. over um but McElhinney it's so ridiculous like, that's, it's like that's what are you doing that. like you're, yeah. you're you're the massive underdog here in an away game in in and and you're just taking the pace like yeah. so I sorry Robbie Benson uh, hopefully you'll have a big Benson season for the moment but McElhinney for the goal great if you know moments. what I mean um but yeah anyway Patrick McElhinney Spoke to him as well at Vicker Street about, I guess, where Derry are at going into the new year. How's the pre-season? I mean, it's, uh, you have a big enough to extend all contingent there. And then, so that has been the big winter talking point. Your squad actually hasn't changed too much relative to other seasons, but I guess Patrick Huben coming in is a big, is a big talking point in opening. Aye, obviously. Pat and Dickie's two brilliant signings, and um, hopefully they bring numbers to us, you know, I think. Of course, Dickie as well, yeah. Aye, Dickie's. And brilliant for the dog over the years as well. So, um, no, we're just hoping now it all comes together in an ideal, perfect world it will, but um, time will tell. How did you reflect on last season? Like at the end of the year, when I don't know, you all sat down after the last game or whatever you did at the end of it, was it a sense of regret or what was the reflection of the year? Confusion because you, you kind of look at it in the sense where we get knocked out in penalties in two competitions where. If you, if we had a big patch the brand will, you know, but it's all off but some movies and then obviously finishing second in the league again, which is it's not where I want to finish, it's not where the majority wants to finish. So um but I still think people looked on from a distance and thought we had a bad season. Which I'm not sure we, we did. We had our own problems at times and obviously injuries, uh the personnel and um but look, that's not me saying I accept what happened. But I think we can, we can, um, we can still be better. That week was the Florida as a group, you know, because he played particularly well yeah. as well. It wasn't as if he played badly in, in those games. I mean, that's a, I don't know, it's a hard one to take. I was, I think, it, and, we, and we have. I know there's obviously experienced lads like myself and Mark and my brother and things like that. But it's kind of young group as well, and it was, a, it was disappointing, you know, lost in the two penalty shootouts because at that time we were. We were free flowing and we were just rolling into every game, and Ken felt as if we, sh- we weren't going to get beat with anyone. And then mm. just that disappointment, as you said, kind of flipped it a wee bit on its head. And but we, that's something now that we can pro- possibly learn from and um, and get better at. And if it comes round again, and it's going to happen in football, we've lost many a penalty shootout, so you kind of need to react properly to it. But look, all in all, we we got the furthest in Europe, yeah, in the, in the league, you know, and. and we obviously beat Coops, who, in my eyes, were a really, really good side and um, just lost out penalties. But no, we're, we're excited for this one now this year. And as I said there, hopefully we can learn from it. So I was going to say, like, did that European run show what your team can be? Like, it did seem like, 
I said a couple other clubs struggle. They're quite open in Europe. They conceded mm. goals. Mm. Whereas, you know, you, you seem to be quite disciplined and, and, and sort of hit a certain level. Yeah. But maybe you couldn't match it in the league at times during the season. Possibly, yeah, I think. We, um, I think we showed everything in Europe. Really, we we were one down at home to Coops, and in the second half was probably our best performance and a half all season. We we absolutely dominated the second half, and then they go over there, they they go in front, they go behind, they answer back twice. Like we we just showed everything really, and that really galvanised us. I think as a group, but um, the penalty shootouts just knocked the stuffing out of us and. I think we have a structure in Europe that suits us the way we play. We we obviously try and play the right way and, and um, try and play through the thirds and then when we don't have it, try and have a structure behind it. And I think that definitely helps us. Um, but domestically, and you might have to mix that up a wee bit more where you kind of might have to get the ball forward a bit quicker. You might have to you know, adjust the game a wee bit, which I think we're going to hopefully learn from. Yeah, because there were certain types of games in the league where you've the last couple of seasons you've you know Sligo Rovers away in a couple of type of games where yeah. you seem to drop points in the same type of fixtures if you know what I mean uh, there was a no there was a there was a thing that you know but um, and then you look at it now like they're good sides it's a tough league like, and mm. I think I said earlier it's, it's probably going to be the toughest it's been I feel now um, it's going to be cracking games I think mm. um, let's, let's hope for everybody but um, no like us going to Sligo and, and, and teams like that it's, it is something we'll look at and maybe as you, we were just talking about there it's try and mix your build up you know sometimes you might be playing too slow we might be getting the ball forward quick enough and, and things like that so let's just hope we can do it Just uh, maybe we'd be out of touch here sometimes in, in, in Dublin with sort of ground developments and stuff but there is something happening there as well this season that's sort of an exciting thing I guess as a, as a local that hopefully you know increase that capacity and, and get more people into the ground because yeah. cer- certain games like the Rovers game and stuff you're probably turning people away you wouldn't mind them I know look it's you kind of be jealous when you go to play in Tala you look at it and it's you just look around it's a proper ground and it's a proper atmosphere but now obviously we have that stand going behind the net and it just brings me back to even playing Cork away you know shit I'm right you kind of feel as if you're on the six yard box for whenever yeah. you defend it and who knows it could bring something like that where you have your end and you're shooting on it just might bring a different feel to it but no, it's something really exciting for everybody and look you would sell out the brand well a few times over to be honest and, and especially in them bigger games when you look around that dressing room and you know and you've, you've, you've won titles and you've been successful I mean do you look around that dressing room and go yeah we can this team should be challenging no there's no doubt we have too many good players and, and players who have obviously been there and done it and now we have Two more who's just joined who's been there and done it. Um, there's absolutely no excuse for us not being able to challenge. Now, in saying that, I feel as if we have challenged, but others on the outside might look at it and say, well, Rovers, actually, quite easily if you, if you think about it, but um, we'll be there. We'll be there this year, I'm sure. Jeez, I, I hate that we going back all the time, but yeah, like, I was in the brand new well, ten, you won that up with 10 minutes to go against Rovers, and in that sort of table as it stands, the title race is on. Is that even. It's just frustrating even to concede a goal in the way that you did. It's that just uh, it's fine margins. Um, didn't speak with my brother for three months. <laughs> um, no, it's it's just um, wee details, and you can look at loads of moments throughout the season. And at that point, I uh, you're right. I was I was standing there saying we're on the max here. Let's go, you know. And then mm. just an instant. But it's football, and that's why they're that's why they're the best. 
then another team might have just vaulted under it and they got their penalty and got the goal and went on to win the league. Best luck. That was Patrick McElhenney. Always nice to hear from uh, one of the more one of the most talented players we've seen in the league, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Just looking at you wearing your suit here, reminds me of that line, was it smog? Whenever I get dressed up, I feel like an ex-con trying to make good. That's what I feel like when I'm wearing right. a suit. Do you know the way like you're... I was born in a farm in the east of Ireland. Like when you when you're wearing a suit, you're just like you're just I'm like not sure that's going to work for Declan as a sales pitch. You're no, going to feel like no. an ex-con, you know, come um. to collar and cuff. <laughs> <laughs> like that's Techie, not, I mean, <laughs> I've heard worse. To be honest, like I've heard worse. Probably, probably, would, probably wouldn't knock, go with probably it. Probably a few of them knocking around the first division <laughs> in his days as well. <laughs> to be honest, there probably is. Like I think of a couple who played for some of the clubs we've mentioned. But anyway, um, let's move swiftly on. The, 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 his his choice on the mailbag was the James Mann. Non, uh, no relation. Up with the homeless question, like well, this is ridiculous. Cotty's probably won it a few times before. Yeah, uh, but you know we'll, we'll give it a more serious question next week. But you know what, James? To be fair, the hat is getting a lot of airings this winter. So you're and it's the elephant in the room. If we didn't talk about the hat, it'd be even weirder. The elephant in. Okay, so uh, you, that James wins a fifty nicker voucher for Cotter and Cuff. And of course, we do have in association with Rascalsbury, the brewery tour is back this year. So it's the trivia question. You need to get your answers in to add out away central. I've been in Paris. I've been in Paris for the week. I'm totally Pascal gone. Again, I'm away. so tired. Uh, LOI Central Pod on X, formerly Twitter, as you now have to refer to it in news stories, uh, and and Instagram, LOI Central. We should push that stuff more. You can find us on those social channels. Probably post out some pictures of us in mm. Connor and Cuff and so on. Yeah, uh, looking like But get your answers into us in either of those platforms uh, on our trivia question, which is, and because uh, the Grim Reaper, Declan, is here, all of his clubs are going out of business, uh, who was Dublin City's last manager? That's the question. Dublin City, their last... Where did they even play? Last, it was in Whitehall. I can't even... They like, played in Daily Mount for a year as well. I can't even really... Their last game yeah. in senior... And Talca and Richmond. Mm. Their last game in senior football, who was the manager? And Santry mm. as well, yeah. That's mad. Here. So, um, we did a be, pod from Santry never, last year. Jeez, sort of like a typical yeah. night out with you, all yeah. those stops. Um, um, fixtures for next week, Dan, right? So I'm going to start with the first one. This week, here. really? When do we know it's this week? This week, yeah. Sorry, the, which Monday is... Monday when this is going out. 16th of February, uh, it all returns in the first division. Cork's, Valentine's Day before, of Cork's, course. Yeah. Hope you're organised. Cork City v Kerry City, Kerry FC. Kerry City. At Lone Town. Youngest manager, we should mention. Like, we yeah. haven't done a we'll, huge we'll do, first we'll, we'll, we'll do more but, next but, week. But we have, like, we have Cork mm. City with Tim Clancy pressure to go up. Kerry FC, youngest manager, you know, Conor McCarthy. That's the story. Let's go on. First at Lone Town, Wexford. At Lone Town, I've signed a lot of interesting players again. Interesting. And Wexford. Probably a bit of pressure there to push. Yeah. Like they've kept and got some players that, you know, top clubs, Premier, you know, lower Premier and uh, leading first division clubs, Aaron Dobbs, etc. Um, they've kept them. So they'll be expected to challenge, I think. Treaty United versus uh, Shane Keegan and Les Cove. Treaty gone to blue. Mm. They've changed yep. colours to blue. So um, they're going to be Limerick something in the What's your favourite song with blue in the title? Well, it probably is an Eiffel 65 blue. <laughs> I remember That's, when I was in uh, I was in college. Another I still remember being in college in UCD. It was karaoke, and I like one of the lads like put me down to go up and sing that song. Should I put you down? Like I had to go up yeah. and sing. I just walked out of the pub. Obviously, yeah, but apparently your daughter is taking on a karaoke. She yeah. has. Yeah, um, Who were treating like Cove Ramblers? Yeah, Paul Hunt went in after Shane Keegan, but yeah, tough job. Yeah, uh, Bray, UCD Bray. I mean, 
pressure this season. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, um, they need to be. And I, I, I mean, Ronan Finn's UCD. I can't imagine their budget would be bigger. Yeah, UCD, Ronan Finn, yeah. yeah. I did a piece with him over the winter. It, took, it was around 9,000 words. All his European games, but it was a good chat. Well, we will have Ronan in soon, by the way. Longford well. Town, Finn Harps on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not sure what to, mm, sure what to expect from either of those mm. clubs, really. I have to, not, not 100% sure. But our Premier Games. So the... Galway United's first game back is at home to Southampton Athletic. Uh, I am going. Very good. Wexford, sorry, Watford versus Shelburne. Shamrock Rovers Dundalk. Prediction of the crowd? Oh, they could maybe get around eight again, I would hope. I don't know. Mad stuff. Actually, they don't have as big an away crowd. Um, but, you know, season ticket holders. I actually don't know. It depends what type of push they can they can give for that game. But Decky uh, was just speaking off air as well. His daughter went to the game last night. Loved the experience of it. And Tala does feel like it's kind of a cool guys place to bring a kid to go to a game. Yeah, no, maybe they could actually do better mm. than that for the first league. I, I don't know about that. Bowes v Sligo is a game I'm fascinated Sligo by. Sligo Rovers. Um, yeah, not, fascinated let's not, let's by. Let's not have them at us early. Um, and Derry City v Drada, who have a very good record against uh, the Brandy. Very good record in general against uh, Derry. And obviously we'll... It's, it, but this is a funny thing to say, though, Dan. Drogheda are expected to punch above their weight now, and that's dangerous territory. There's a danger. Like, they could be the one. Lost Dale Rooney. It could be the one that just catches up on them. They could be the team that finishes mm. bottom. You know, um, if you had to sort of pin me to a prediction and say, it's possible. Yeah, well, we're done. Um, thanks, we to, are done. thanks to Declan for hosting us here. Yeah, ex-cons um, trying to make good in collar and cuff. Um, don't really <laughs> see it taking off, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to take off soon um, yeah, Dan is enjoying a couple of days away thanks as well to Rascals again for coming on board at Inchicore and future ticketing